0: this summer has been brutally hot. With prolonged days of 110 or above, it's been too hot to even think about getting in the swimming pool, unless you like sitting in bath water. Earlier this summer, we talked about places within the valley or very near to it, where you can splash around and cool off. This time, we're looking further afield for refuge from Phoenix's oven-like heat. You're listening to Valley 101, your podcast about all things Metro Phoenix and beyond. I'm producer Kaylee Monahan, and today we're getting some travel tips on where to go to cool off outside the Valley of the Sun. To escape the triple-digit temperatures, many Phoenicians look to northern Arizona for respite. But I want to turn your expectations upside down. Instead of starting with Verde Valley, Flagstaff, or even the Mogollon Rim, let's look south at Tucson. Believe it or not, On average, Tucson is about 10 degrees cooler than Phoenix, which can feel great after enduring the valley's blistering heat. It also rains more in Tucson, which often gets spectacular displays of rainy monsoon weather. One of our reporters really knows this part of Arizona and has some prime suggestions for must-visit places to cool off.
1: Hi, my name is Rafael Carranza. I cover immigration issues for the Arizona Republic, and I'm also an avid outdoorsman. I love to hike, love to camp, and spending as much time as I can out in the desert.
0: Rafael has spent many years in the Tucson area and discovered both popular spots for hiking and less frequented places.
1: Sabino Canyon is probably one of the more popular areas in Tucson. It is located on the foothills of the Catalina Mountains, there are so many different options to explore. If you want to hike, if you want to look for water, if you just you know want to relax, take in the sunset or sunrise, there's a lot of different options. But obviously, I think the main draw for many people, particularly during this time of the year, is the water.
0: Access to the canyon is easy. Right off of North Sabino Canyon Road, there is a large parking lot. You can't miss it. It's $8 per vehicle for the day and just $10 if you plan to visit multiple times in a week. An important note there are no pets allowed at this site. So if you want to hike with your four legged friend, you'll have to visit a different recreation area. But it's worth visiting, so don't cross it off your list.
1: So there's a couple of options in Sabino Canyon, depending on kind of how far you want to hike into the canyon, how much effort you want to put into it, and kind of what you want to do. There's two areas in particular within the Sabino Canyon recreation area that are somewhat the more popular options. Um, The first one is the Sabino Dam. When you have a lot of flowing water, it creates this lake within the closer areas to the parking lot. You can either hike to that location for the Sabino Dam, or there's also a seasonal trolley that is open that you can take and takes you pretty much right up to the area where the dam is located. And it maybe requires about 20 minutes walking or so to find it.
0: The tram tours start at $8 for adults with discounts for children and seniors. It can get crowded on weekends and holidays. So if you can make it there midweek, you'll have a less congested experience.
1: It's very popular, but it is a really beautiful area. Because Tucson does get a lot more rain and we're talking about the mountains, it's very green, it's very lush, it's very unlike any desert that you would find in the Phoenix metro area. The creek in particular, you have these really tall trees covered in vegetation, and the wash has a lot of sandy areas next to the pools of water. So a lot of people just kind of hang out for the day. They'll splash around in the water, lay out, and you know it's a, it's a really nice time for sure if you're trying to do more of like a relaxed kind of day.
0: Who wouldn't like splashing around in some mountain-cool water on a triple-digit day? Mm-hmm. If you are a hiker, then the canyon has another beautiful water feature.
1: The other option in Sabino Canyon is hiking to Seven Falls, which is my personal favorite. That area is definitely a little bit more challenging to get to because you do have to hike about an hour into the canyon and an hour back. So if you do that, you definitely want to make sure that you wear a lot of sunscreen and that you take a lot of water with you because you definitely will need it. But I think all the effort is definitely worth it once you start seeing or reaching the areas with the waterfalls. Because as the name implies, Seven Falls, there are seven waterfalls that are overlapping over the other. And when you have the monsoon rains, you can hear it before you can see it, which is really special, particularly in the canyon, which just kind of amplifies the sound. even making your way to seven falls you're going to be crossing the creek where that water comes from uh, a couple of times and you know there's options to kind of stay there but if you commit to reaching the waterfalls there's a very clearly marked trail that can take you to the base of the waterfalls and then you can you know find your way around to climb the different levels of the falls, depending how comfortable you are with hiking and climbing. Just remember that some of the rocks may be wet, they may be slick.
0: Another oasis near Tucson is the Tanque Verde Falls in Reddington Pass. Nestled between the Catalina and Rincon Mountains, Reddington requires a small bit of off-roading and some moderate hiking ability.
1: You don't have to drive very far. You drive maybe about five minutes or so in a dirt road. The rest of the way is paved, so I think it's very accessible that way. You don't need high clearance. I think just when you reach the the small portion that is a dirt road, you just drive slowly, drive carefully, and you should be fine.
0: Similar to Sabino Canyon, you'll know you're in the right place when you see a bunch of parked cars at the head of the trail. You might also want to get there earlier in the day or plan a weekday trip if you want to avoid crowds. (laughs)
1: The trail to the Tanque Verde Falls is also very clearly marked. For that one, you have to hike down into a wash. And so you're going down a canyon, not very far, but you start walking down. And this is a place where you also see a lot of families, at least in the initial part, uh, because the water is flowing from the monsoon. You also have a lot of pools that are created and a lot of sandy areas that you can kind of lay out, hang out for the day. The added challenge there, if you're definitely up for that, is to continue along the wash farther upstream until you hit a waterfall, and it's an incredible waterfall. It's very tall, a lot of water falling down, and you have this giant pool of water that's created by this waterfall, uh, deep enough for you to swim. There's also a large sandy area, a lot of you know really tall trees that create a lot of shade. So there's a lot of variety of options to kind of just hang out or relax there. The only thing about reaching that waterfall, I would say, is that the trail that you have to take takes you through the wash. So you have to navigate a lot of the boulders that are along the wash. There's also ways for you to kind of avoid that by going through the sides, but it requires a lot of going up and down, up and down through the sides of the canyon. It's very kind of hands-on experience. And again, good grip is you know, very much like needed for you to get there. A lot of water, again, a lot of sunscreen, because it definitely is a bit of a workout, but the waterfall at the end is such a great reward.
0: There's also two more spots that will definitely get you cooled off, and they're not too far from the heart of Tucson. The first sits slightly closer to the city limits, and it's Colossal Cave in the Rincon Mountains. These caves are about 80 million years young. And yes, that is young when speaking in geological terms. Much more recently, though, the cave acted as a temporary shelter to the Hohokam culture in the early 900s AD. Fast forward to the 19th century, train robbers used it as a hideout. Nowadays, the most persistent residents are the local bats. Colossal Cave is one of the largest dry caves in North America, and on the classic cave tour, you'll descend about six stories down into the earth. You won't need any special gear for this tour, but if you are more adventurous, there is the latter tour, which will take you to some rare and seldom visited parts of the cave. If you're claustrophobic, you might want to skip that one. The other cave worth driving out to is about 50 minutes from Tucson, and that is Karchner Caverns. If you can believe it, this amazing cave system was only discovered in 1974. It also boasts the world's longest stalactite formation in the entire world. You'll definitely want to make a reservation before driving out to the cave. Also, tours will be suspended from September 18th through the 22nd for maintenance. But the bat walks and family campout and other above-ground activities are still running. If you prefer more open spaces rather than enclosed, then this Arizona Republic digital producer has some suggestions.
2: This is Wendy Killeen, camper extraordinaire. I have always been into camping since I was a little girl. I grew up in Iowa, camping, boating, fishing, water skiing, hunting for morel mushrooms, looking for random driftwood and rocks. That is just kind of what you did in my family.
0: Wendy says she and her partner try to camp every other month, even if it's just for a weekend getaway. They often frequent KOAs, which is a company that franchises out campgrounds across the U.S. and Canada. And they offer something of a deluxe experience, with some sites boasting pools, hot tubs, and even cabins to rent.
2: Some may call it glamping.
0: Wendy loves all parts of the state, but she did want to highlight one area in Northern Arizona.
2: It's just two hours north and you can camp in a tent you can rent a cabin, you can stay in a teepee. We have stayed so far mostly in a tent and it's wonderful. They even have, this is the glamping aspect, so they have a heated indoor pool and it has even a little diner on site and a little gift shop area where you can hang out, a room where you can pick out games. You can eat there or you can bring and roast and cook and have the campfire, s'mores and the whole nine. We just love the ability to go into Williams and stroll around. It literally is like the movie Cars, literally. 45 minutes and you're at the Grand Canyon South Rim, 20 degrees cooler. In
0: southeastern Arizona, there are some particularly beautiful and picturesque spots. The mountainous terrain where Bisbee is located is over 5,500 feet above sea level, which means it's definitely cooler. Wendy recommends staying in McNeil, which is near the old mining town, but also much cheaper than Bisbee.
2: We decided to stay at a campground and literally checked in with an owl overseeing us putting up our tent a deer and her fawn checking in as we were setting out our food, probably wondering if we had any left over for her and her kid, but we loved it. The people that ran the campground were literally waiting for us and knew us by name. Cows in the pasture across the dirt road, set back a ways, but still within a range of 30 to 45 minutes, and you're in Bisbee exploring for the day, but come home and you're tucked in to camp for the night, there's a community campfire. So it's homey, and there's a community center, but you're still camping, but you're among people. Well, here's a perfect example of why we loved the Double Adobe Campground. We heard 80s music, and we're both in our 50s, so that immediately appealed to us. People up that late playing music we loved, so we meandered over there. They were hunters, and they had drawn to go hunting for elk. No idea what we were eating, but they offered us everything they were cooking, and we got to try elk. We got to try what they called the ribeye of the sky, crane. I had never tried crane, but it truly did taste like ribeye, and he didn't say a word before I tasted it, and then he told me. I never would have known. So you really meet an interesting mix of people, some who stay there permanently, Some who rent RVs and are there half the year and then leave when it gets warmer. But yeah, they were all guys from the Valley who just wanted to get away like we did. And just a whole different side of themselves going hunting together. It was great and it was delicious. There was a um, funny, true story. When you use the restroom facilities at 2 o'clock in the morning and you mistake a log for a bobcat, that's a thing. Um, yes, I did that. <laughs> but there, honestly, there was a bobcat, a friendly bobcat, rooming around that they knew of and warned us about. So, of course, I thought that was what it was, but it was a log So yeah, it is out there in the sticks, um, but it is a campground that is accessible and friendly and again, cooler. In addition to beating the heat,
0: there's the added bonus of getting back to nature.
2: About 30 to 45 minutes on the road and you can already feel the stress just kind of leave your body, almost like someone unplugged you from your feet. You just, and you feel less stressed. The ability to talk to each other without being distracted. We put our phones down. We hardly look at them. Yes, there's Wi-Fi at these places, don't get me wrong, but it is so nice to unplug. Maybe play a little cribbage. Maybe talk around the campfire. Hold hands and just walk along the dirt road. Admire the cows and... Notice the owl hooting in the tree, overlooking you as you're unpacking your tent. Having to be concerned about the deer maybe coming and getting random food that you leave out is a whole different way of thinking.
3: My name is Jennifer Martin. I'm the Water Sentinels Program Manager for the Grand Canyon Chapter of the Sierra Club. I conduct water quality monitoring programs on the Verde and the San Pedro rivers, and we also do habitat restoration on the Lower Salt River in South Phoenix. I spoke remotely with Jennifer about three of her
0: recommended spots to escape the valley heat.
3: When I think of getting out of the heat in Phoenix, the first place that leaps to my mind is called Bullpen Ranch. It's a day-use area off of the 260 near Camp Verde. It's kind of the entrance into the West Clear Creek Wilderness. So there's great hiking. It's on West Clear Creek. So there's swimming and wading and even fishing. When my son was little, we used to trap crawdads there. So there's all kinds of things that you can do there. And it's really beautiful. Good way to escape the heat.
0: Bullpen Ranch isn't very far. You can be there in less than two hours. And it's just east of the Prescott Valley. Abutting the western edges of the Mogollon Rim, Clear Creek Wilderness is remote, but not far removed from civilization. You can enjoy fishing, hiking, and hunting in that area. And if you are a camper, Jennifer recommends this spot.
3: There is a place called Clear Creek Campground that's quite close by, and that's right off the 260, so that's just maybe an hour and a half or so away, and you can actually camp there.
0: The Mogollon Rim is on average between four and 5,000 feet in elevation, with the highest points reaching 8,000 feet above sea level. It's the perfect region to enjoy some refreshing mountain temperatures. Another area that Jennifer recommends is not an obvious go-to spot, but is still a gem. And that's to go camping on the White Mountain Apache Reservation.
3: A lot of people don't even realize that you can camp on the reservation, but you just get a $9 permit. I got mine when we went up there from Sportsman's Warehouse in Sholo. Really easy process. And then you can go to campgrounds on the White Mountain Apache Reservation. We used Upper Log Campground, which is right on the North Fork of the White River. So again, it's gorgeous. There's a lot of trees. That's in an evergreen forest. And You have the water, the fishing again, if you get a fishing permit from the White Mountain Apache. And it's probably closer to 15 degrees cooler. Place number three isn't as little known, but I always think of going to Fossil Creek at this time of year because it's just so beautiful. And again, you're getting in the water, you're getting out of the sun, and it's just a gorgeous place to go.
0: For our final recommendations, I turn to a well-known voice on Valley 101.
4: I'm Amanda Liberto, and I am the other audio producer here at the Republic.
0: When I posed our question to Amanda, where does she like to go to escape triple-digit valley weather, she recommends several places that would appeal to the less outdoorsy crowd.
4: I'm going to suggest two wine regions because I also am in the wine industry, so I figured this would be a fun one. We have three main wine regions in Arizona, Verde Valley, which was just classified last year, which is very exciting. There is Wilcox and there is Senoida.
0: The two Amanda is focusing on for this episode are in the Verde Valley and in
4: Sonoida. If you're headed up north, maybe on your way to Flag, take a little pit stop I go to the Verde Valley. There's so many beautiful vineyards up there. Obviously, the one that comes to mind first is Page Springs. They're right on the Oak Creek River, so it's super lush, really, really green. It's one of those moments where you're like, am I still in Arizona? <laughs> it's so green. And they have beautiful wines, all sorts of things. I love their rosés. Just sit out there, enjoy like little nature, little trickle of the of the creek going by while you're sitting around. That's another one where you can see a lot of their vines.
0: I can also vouch for Page Springs. Even in the height of summer, it feels like you're in Colorado or somewhere in the Midwest, minus the oppressive humidity. It's a wonderful spot.
4: Pretty close to there is D.A. Ranch, which is a huge piece of property. They have horses, they've got their vines, they've got like a little like pond thing, but they also have this huge cabin where they serve their wine out of and it has this big wraparound patio. It almost feels like you're in Napa or something. DA Ranch makes their own wines, but they also feature a lot of other Arizona wines. So you can always go there and do a tasting and get a bunch of different things which I think is really lovely. you can also just like wander around the grounds. And it's so vast. It's so gorgeous. So I love going up there. I would be remiss to tell you to go up north without talking about Chateau Tumbleweed. There's no favorites, but I love them. One of their workers was a coworker of mine for a while before she moved back up there. They're so friendly, extremely down to earth. That's the thing I love most about the wine industry here is that everyone is very, like, it's just not pretentious. But the wine is still good. You get the quality without sort of some of the snobbery that can come out of some of these more established wine places. It's very accessible. Whether you're a wine expert or you just like like a glass of white wine and that's kind of all you know, these places are really accommodating and they're like 20 degrees cooler than Phoenix. So it's sort of like a win-win. <laughs> you can go, you can cool off and get a little drink. They're all really connected too, which is cool. They'll they'll suggest the next place to go. If you want to stop in, sort of like the the spooky older sister to Sedona is Jerome. They're real close together. Caduceus has a, a tasting room in Jerome. It's the vineyard of James Maynard Keenan, the lead singer of Tool. He's been in the wine industry in Arizona for a long time, and that's a great spot. People love stopping there. And Jerome's so cool. It gives you like a great excuse to go walk around and... It's such a fun little city, and, and city might be a big word for Jerome, but it's a, it's a cute little stop al- along the way, and you can really make a whole like weekend out of either going up north or down south to the wine regions.
0: In Sonora, the environment is much more deserty, But it is higher in elevation at nearly 5,000 feet, so it's still cooler than Phoenix, and perhaps not as crowded as the vineyards in Verde Valley.
4: Senoida is gorgeous. It's pretty desolate, it's not the right word, but there's not a lot out there besides the vineyards, so it definitely is one of those things you go down there just for the wine. There's a lot of great vineyards down there, really beautiful, desert landscaping, the Rune Vineyard looks right out into this huge bluff and you can see all these mountains and you see all just so much land. So just being able to have a like cool glass of wine and just look at these huge empty spaces is just so calming and so beautiful. Down there, I would suggest there's a lot of good vineyards. I don't mean to exclude anyone, but... Some of my favorites, I love the people at Dos Cabezas. Their wines are always great. They also have wine shop cats and dogs. So they have like little cats that wander around and they're very friendly and they have like an amazing pizza truck if you want to get some lunch. They're just super friendly and you can sit indoors, outdoors, whatever. Then I also love Deep Sky. Deep Sky is one of the few vineyards down south where the tasting room is on the vineyard. So you can actually sit like among all of the grapes and they're about to start doing harvest so you'll probably be able to see some grapes still
0: wherever you decide to go in the state it's usually only a very short drive from the valley before you can reach much more humane temperatures Arizona has so much to offer by way of mountains, rivers, lakes, and forests. And wineries. We hope you get the chance to get out of the heat and into the beauty of our state. Next week.
3: The ballots are cast, the votes are counted, and Campbell has the election by 30 votes. And Hunt is saying... Well, those 30 votes need to be thrown out because clearly people did not understand how to use the ballot. And a lot of experts will say fraudulent voting. And I guess technically it is. But I think that in our modern context, fraudulent voting has kind of like a like there's a malicious intent
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Valley 101. Do you have questions about Metro Phoenix or Arizona at large? Or maybe you have some favorite spots to share for beating the summer heat. Share your comments and questions to valley101.azcentral.com. This episode was produced by me, Kaylee Monahan, with editorial help from Amanda Luberto and Kathy Tulamello. Audio oversight is provided by Amanda Luberto. Today's musical scoring came from Universal Production Music. You can support Valley 101 by subscribing to us on your favorite podcasting app. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us. And if you liked this episode, share it with a friend. You can follow us on social media by searching AZC Podcasts. Valley 101 is an Arizona Republic and AZ Central production. I'm Kaylee Monahan. Thanks for listening.